1: Welcome everyone to the week four edition. I guess week five. Now we're planning for week five edition of the Rotowire NFL Podcast. Of course, now brought to you by Circus Sports. We're going to talk about Jaleel McLaughlin, what that means for the Broncos backfield, probably the top waiver wire pickup for this week, a few other sneaky ads as well. too. Uh, and I think, I think it's gonna be time for a debut of at least a new segment, which I'm mm-hmm. excited to surprise upon Jake. So we'll get right to the music. <laughs> again welcome everyone to the uh, Tuesday edition of the world War NFL podcast brought to you by circus sports I'm Joe Bartle you can follow me on Twitter at JB fantasy sports you can follow Jake at RotoJake. Jake this is our our final week with Jake then you're gonna be gone for your Vegas trip next week uh Packers yeah. Raiders play Monday night mm-hmm. so I mean
2: don't say final week with Jake I', right. I am coming back you can't get rid of me that easily you know we're quite, we're, we're gonna make it I'm just gonna be uh you know I'm going be in the desert week. for a lo- for an extended weekend in the desert here we'll That's see true. uh you know we'll see what kind of toll that takes on my Health, but um, but overall, ready to go see the Packers on Monday Night Football. Ready to go see the Brewers in the playoffs today. Right yeah, yeah. That's nice, why we're doing uh, it an hour early today.
1: You have the nice Brewers attire. You will be attending uh, hopefully a playoff win for the Brewers. They take on the Diamondbacks tonight. Mm-hmm. Not, to, uh,
2: not to jinx it, but they haven't lost a playoff game that I've been there ever, and I think I've been to four or five. So
1: no, that's that's not bad at all. Yeah, I mean, so I would good... prefer talking about Brewers and Packers because what occurred Monday night was yes. <laughs> yet another stinker of a football game. Yes, I understand Andrew Thomas didn't play for the Giants' sake. Well, Barkley wasn't out there with his high ankle, not high ankle sprain. Uh, but this was as dreadful as you would have imagined when you see the Giants on – Prime time for the sixth consecutive time over a four-week span. This is this was brutal once more. It's like it's like the
2: teams are testing the major networks. How bad can it be before we actually just stop catering to the New York market on Sunday night and Monday night football? Like, how much worse can the play possibly get? I mean, twenty-four to three. It was never. I mean, you say it was never really close throughout. The Giants actually looked good on the opening drive. They ran some very successful run plays. Um, they were creeping into Seattle territory and then, you know, they went for it on fourth down to try to keep the momentum going, uh, turn the ball over and then never really got anything going after that. They had a nice, you know, mix of, of Breida and Brightwell and Daniel Jones draws, you know, we're moving the football. And then it's like, it all fell apart right after that. And of course, the next time they get the ball, I believe it was the pick six, uh, for Seattle. And then they just, were never able to get anything moving on the offensive end since then. I mean, fantasy wise. You know, there's not much on the Giants' side when they score three points. Matt Breida looked decent as a pass catcher, but you know we're going to have to see how that holds up when Saquon comes back. Probably doesn't. Uh, The other thing, only other note I had on this game was uh, Geno Smith. You know, he twisted his knee and he had to come out of the game for multiple drives you know they had drew lock in there for a few times sounds like he avoided any uh serious injury there so nothing to worry about with gino yet i mean i guess we'll watch the injury report and maybe drew lock comes into two quarterback league territory probably not the seahawks are on bye too yeah yeah okay exactly um and i do want to say that kenneth walker looked good he passed the eye test granted you're leading like that the whole time you're going to get a lot more opportunities than you, norm- excuse me, than you normally should have had a should have had a
1: rushing touchdown to begin the game too when he was uh yep. not tackled down like i you might have saw a faint butt cheek hit the ground. I didn't really feel like it. I touched. thought the Should cheek and the
2: elbow hit the ground. The Manning cast could not stop talking about butt cheeks. That was like the theme of the of the whole thing. Because then the next play, it was uh, pushing the butt cheek on the on the fourth yes, one and the, scrum. The you know, push. right? Yep. Right? Yeah, the tush push exactly. So the Peyton and Eli, they, yeah, they, them and Will Ferrell, they were they were on one for a while there, um, but. But yeah, other than that, I mean Ken Walker looked good. Modest days for Lockett and DK Metcalf didn't really have to pass the ball due to the non-competitive of the non-competitive nature of the game, which I hear you might have some words on.
1: Yeah. Okay. So so I, I should preface this for the listeners. I mean, this is going to be a light week from a waiver wire perspective. We have a number of teams on bye, uh, which is going to impact things dramatically. You know, I'm looking at a few of my rosters and I am <laughs> going to just have to punt at certain positions given the bye weeks. But there really wasn't a lot of hot waiver wire topics or, or players mm-hmm. to pick up. Jaleel McLaughlin. Yeah. We'll topic. Now about don't, get it, don't get don't get us wrong.
2: There are still some there are still some candidates that can definitely help your team. But there's no Jerome Ford type hot ticket. Items right. Right.
1: Week. And we've had a few of those over the past couple of weeks. You know, Kyron Williams is going to be a waiver wire dialing. I feel like we're going to do the podcast at the end of the year. He's clearly going to be at the top. Like there, there, aren't those level of people. I I love Michael <laughs> Wilson. I have been touting him a little bit on a few of the broadcasts before the, before the season started. But, I mean, these are the guys that we're really talking about as the top guys. Mm-hmm. So when I say uh, we have a little bit of time to spend, it's, it's because we do. So in honor of our newest NFL guest, Taylor Swift, uh, I'm going to debut a new segment that I want us to continue doing throughout the season, or at least so long as Taylor is dating Travis Kelsey, which is going to be called Look What You Made Me Do. Uh, sure. and, and, and this week – I'm going to blame uh, the NFL schedule makers or the AI or whoever the hell makes us have to watch the Jets and Giants every freaking week uh, on national television. Okay, so I understand that the Giants' offensive line is bad. Like, I get it. Andrew Thomas wasn't playing, blah, 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 blah. Let's stop making excuses for really crappy quarterback play, Jake. We did this for Zach Wilson. We did it for like a year. We're doing it for Mac Jones right now. Oh, he doesn't have a lot of weapons. Like, oh, their offensive line is banged up. We're doing it right now for Daniel Jones. And he sucks. And he's older than them. I don't want to hear about this offensive line crap. I don't hear about for Anthony Richardson when Ryan Kelly isn't playing and they're missing the left tackle as well, too. Ryan Kelly, pro ball center, by the way. We don't we don't hear about for C.J. Stroud, who looks great for a Texans team that didn't have weapons entering the season. and has As a four, rookie,
2: he made weapons.
1: <laughs> and four of their projected starting offensive linemen. None of that. I don't talk to me about weapons or lack thereof. I guarantee you the dummies who were saying the Giants don't have weapons today after Monday's game were all up in arms about how great Darren Waller's going to be. And Paris Campbell looks so good. Jalen Hyde can run straight. Oh, Daniel Jones got way more weapons. Look what they did last year. Baloney. Don't mm-hmm. talk to me about the weapons because you guys were all enamored with it. He's a bad quarterback, and I am so sick of watching Bad quarterback play. Don't talk to me about offensive line. Don't talk to me about lack of weapons. It's a bad quarterback. Just put your thumb in your mouth, suck on it for the next two years while that crappy quarterback in his $40 million contract has to sit in your roster and stop talking about the Giants and NFL schedule makers or AI, whoever is making us watch Giants, Jets, stop doing that. Stop it. I'm I'm done. I'm so done with Jets and Giants football for the rest of the season and guess what we do it again in two weeks again
2: mm-hmm. I will tell you what the key for me to getting through Jets and Giants football uh, they it. don't they don't even sponsor us but I was going to say Tito's handmade vodka <laughs> is, is the key for me to get through that uh, so the offensive line thing well, what about Jordan Love though I mean on Thursday night we saw a pretty crappy lopsided game where Jordan Love did not look good and you got to blame some of that on offensive line play, right? Because there's a stark contrast between having David Bakhtiari and Elgin Jenkins, you know, for the last couple weeks, or just Bakhtiari for week one, and the crap that they put out there on Thursday night, uh, Thursday night football. There, I mean, yeah, I'm sure Love could have played better. He could have been helped out by the play calling, but the offensive line could have absolutely played better, and that you was reflected this, on there. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm negative on Jordan Love too. Mm-hmm. I I have been negative ever since that final drive of the Falcons game where. It felt like it was a rehash of his first start against the Chiefs a couple years ago. All-out blitz, whole whole time, Matt LaFleur, Jordan Love had no idea what to do, and they lost that game. Falcons, we have now seen, are pretenders. They are not a good football team. Packers should have won that one, and Jordan Love should have been able to know, after four years of practice squad or whatever else in the NFL, how to handle an all-out blitz. I feel the same way uh, come Thursday as well, too. That Mm -hmm. offense line of the Packers didn't look good, but Jordan Love could have been better. Matt LaFleur could have been better scheming things. I'm not convinced Matt LaFleur is the head coach of the Packers by the end of the season. Like That's Ooh, that's how bad that of a job is I think he That is done.
2: spicy. I did not expect to hear that at all today. Um, yeah, so we, I was looking at your rant beforehand, and I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, I'm going to poke holes in this by just bringing up the Packers example, and then Joe doubled down. So, uh, yep. ha- hey, hands off, hats off to you, Joe, for uh, sticking to your guns there. Um, I do believe that you – I'm still one to make excuses for occasional offensive line once in a while, but I see what you're getting at, especially when it mixes up with this terrible Monday and, and night and Sunday and night allow, football week I'll after allow week after,
1: it after for, week. Um, not not even like but like Kenny Pickett's been there for a year. Like he's a little bit younger, mm-hmm. he hasn't played a whole lot. Zach Wilson was the same thing. Like I understood that to a certain point, and I think that's the only way I, I allow this. Mm-hmm. I didn't mention about Bryce Young, right? Like we only have a couple of games of Bryce Young, who hasn't looked good. Mm-hmm. But let's give it a little bit of time. That's the same where I I'm think at that whole was.
2: coaching staff in Carolina looks like. They don't quite have a plan. You know, they're they're right in the same vein vein as Chicago here. So I guess, you know, with all this, I've put together a coherent take that one game you're missing a bunch of linemen. Okay, fine. I'll give you a pass. Right. But if it's consistently, you know, if it's happening over the course of three or four games, like you have to be able to adjust and accommodate and adjust the play calling and adjust your play in general to be able to, uh, you know to be able to get through that, and you're right. The guys like the, you know Daniel Jones and Zach Wilson, all these guys that were making these excuses for week after week. Uh, you know the Daniel Jones one bad. is the
1: the hardest for me because this guy got a forty million dollar year contract. I was told all last year how great he was and how excellently looked because he ran away a couple times, got seven hundred yards rushing. He the the quarterback play. Is the exact same that we saw last year. The Giants just beat up in a bunch of really crappy teams, and the Giants found and we found out the Giants are not as crappy as some of the crappy teams. Oh, by the way, same thing this year. Cardinals, just not they're just a little bit crappier than the Giants. When they had to come back three,
2: four scores down against the Cardinals in the
1: second half. They were getting hammered by the Cardinals. So don't forget that either. Yes. I, I, I'm, I'm so sick of it. Uh, I do not want to let anybody give the excuse of bad offensive line play. For four years of Daniel Jones' career, he has been a uh, 28th best quarterback throughout his, again for four years of his career. Last year was an anomaly. I'm sorry. Last year was an anomaly. You will not talk to me again about Daniel Jones being a good quarterback. Uh, and thank you, Taylor Swift, for introducing this now ranting segment for me. All
2: right, look will, what you I'll, made me do, yeah, NFL. Yeah, exactly. I will promise. I will find something to get super angry about next week and uh, discuss it in the opening segment here. Usually, those things uh, come naturally uh, one yeah, way or another. Yeah. But uh, uh, at least we'll set, we'll set some so- time aside for it. No. Uh,
1: all right. So we had, we mentioned it, uh, upcoming for the bye weeks. Yeah, the Browns, Chargers, Seahawks. Buccaneers all off this week. Uh, obviously, a couple of, I think, notable teams, specifically from a running back perspective. Deshaun Watson didn't play uh, last week. Well, maybe that's because the Browns were playing it safe. Uh, you mm-hmm. have the Chargers and Justin Herbert's injury playing it safe mm-hmm. as well. I think they did with Austin Eckler. So there's a lot of these starting caliber running backs that you might have had to get by. Won't be an option this week. Uh, and from a Superflex perspective, I think there's some intrigue as well, too. Um, before we get to the quarterbacks, though, let's get a word from our sponsors here Blue Wire. All right, we're back. And again, just to preface, we're talking waiver wire pickups. We are shooting for players under 50% rostered on Yahoo formats. It's been the best way that we've more or less sorted through which guys are waiver wire eligible or ones we want to discuss. I understand in your deeper leagues, many of these players might not be available. And if someone's
2: close to our threshold, I might go ahead and peek on like ESPN or NFL.com or even Sleeper to see like, uh, you know, to see. Because every once in a while you have an anomaly that sticks out, somebody that wasn't ranked as high in the preseason draft boards, that the ownership percentage is, is affected by that. So uh, we'll peek around. But, yeah, 50% is generally the threshold we're looking for here.
1: Yeah, and I mentioned that because Stroud's at 47% rostered, especially in two QB leagues. He's he's long gone. He's looked fantastic. I'm all in. I needed to see last week, can the Texans' offense withstand a tremendous pass rush, tremendous Pass rush, pass and rush. they absolutely did You're right. Like that was that was the unequivocal thing. And now I'm all in. Uh, Tank Dell didn't have a great game. You still had Nico Collins go completely off. These were people. that Nico you Collins really is a weapon. Right? Yes. yes. <laughs> the
2: uh, the, the, uh, the narrative on Stroud was that he didn't have any weapons. Well, guess what? Nico he Collins is a weapon. Yep, he made his weapons.
1: So Stroud's Stroud's a lock, and I think especially when you look at the quarterbacks that you're missing this week, Justin Herbert, uh, maybe you're studying Geno Smith. I, Baker Mayfield was fantastic last week. In two of the three weeks, he's or two of the four weeks, he's been a top six fantasy starter. not that you're playing him per se, but mm-hmm. I mean, like, there's a few options. That Deshaun he's going to get hot
2: once in a while, feel a little bit dangerous here and there. Um, I don't really trust someone like Baker overall, but uh, I'm just but saying Stroud, getting, Stroud
1: would be a yeah. start for at least two mm-hmm. of these teams who had Watson and Justin Herbert. Yeah, no, absolutely. The other one's Sam Howell. Uh, home game against the Bears. It is on Thursday night, though. Yeah. And that I, makes me a little anxious. I
2: generally don't like the short week, the short turnaround. I do like that it's at home. And I do like that it's against the Bears because while uh, defense, I mean, the defense has been spotty. It hasn't necessarily been the entire problem. But Justin Fields probably had one of his better games as a passer overall last week and still managed to blow the league. And, you know, you see those reports of him just full uniform sitting, staring in his, uh you know, in the locker room afterwards after people are starting to leave, just dumbfounded in disbelief. Uh, this is a franchise that is an absolute mess here. So um, I think Sam Howell, even with some injuries on the receiving cores that that, that seemed to happen last week, um, you know, they still they actually have decent depth i mean dotson and samuel are both a little bit banged up here but i mean you know even dynamic browns after that scary terry still pushing through the turf injury uh brian robinson and antonio gibson are both capable pass catchers Mm. uh when need be here so um even if the depth gets tested i think sam howell can still go out there and score 20 fantasy points against the bears uh frederick like i said i wanted to transition right into his, his question dobbs howell or jimmy g so Josh
1: Dobbs, um I th- but I don't I forget who the Cardinals are going against. Howell, of course, against the Bears, and then Jimmy G, if he plays against the Packers Monday night.
2: Yeah, Dobbs has been um has been frisky at, at some point, at points in time. Um I assume Jimmy G's gonna play against the Packers. He gets a home game,
1: but I'm still I'm probably going Howell in this scenario. I think I would go Howell too. Uh and honestly, the person I would Dobbs consider, has the Bengals, so I, eh, I'm still taking Howell, but I they're would, would supposed quarterbacks. Zach Wilson, I know it's crazy. I just ranted about the Jets and New York media and everything else like that, or I guess the Giants, but New York overall, because I've been tired of watching uh, the Jets too. They go against the Broncos, which, which just made Justin Fields look like an all-pro quarterback. I, I think Zach Wilson, especially with the teams I'm mm-hmm. by this week, is like a top 16 play. I have Howell yep. higher, but I think Zach Howell is more interesting to me than Josh Dobbs yep. or Jimmy G because of matchup.
2: I threw Zach Wilson in the two quarterback league part, you know, instead of the streamer part because uh even if you're in a 12 team super flex league, for example, Zach Wilson might be one of the three starting quarterbacks that's on the waiver wire, right? Maybe. So, maybe, maybe. I mean, so I'll give him credit. You know, the Chiefs, I saw someone had this take on Twitter where the Chiefs as favorites as betting favorites is never good because Mahomes is smart enough to run out the clock instead of taking that go-ahead yeah. score and their defense is bad enough to let up you know other teams into uh stay within games late so you know those things all those things considered Zach Wilson still looked pretty pretty decent uh against the Chiefs you know he uh you know he had, he certainly had some success and now he's at Denver and that's a defense that two weeks ago gave up 70 points and just last week made Justin Fields look like a pro bowler until you know the coughed up fumble interception Even until the like Raiders the last 10 minutes made of the, the game. look good too yeah Exactly here. So, th- this Denver defense is, um, man, they're, they're uh, yeah, I know that Denver got the win last week, but I think they're going to end up, you know, being among the worst teams in the National Football League. So, even a quarterback as bad as Zach Wilson, I feel like, you know, with guys like Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson and the defense the way it is, um, Tyler Conklin, I'll mention, is a tight end stream because Denver's been him up. Yep. especially atrocious against uh, tight ends this year. I think there are some Jets' offensive options that are in
1: play. Uh, This week for sure. I I legitimately think even in single QB league, if you are desperate enough, Zach Wilson actually is the call, much less in two QB leagues. The other one to mention is uh, Kenny Pickett and the Steelers situation, of course, got annihilated by the Texans. Uh, Mm -hmm. Once again, did not look good. I don't know how Matt Canada still has a job. I hate Joe Barry. is one of the worst coordinators uh, in the NFL and certainly one of the worst defensive coordinators. Matt Canada is worse than Joe Barry at his job. To give yeah, him Antonio respect.
2: Brown agrees with you, but I'm pretty sure he ripped that take off someone
1: else from Twitter. Yeah. He's it, one of the, he's it, I mean, like it's Matt Canada is really bad, and I would not mm-hmm. be surprised if week six when the Steelers have their bye, you're looking at a new offensive coordinator. But that's the big gist of this is that the Steelers have a bye in week six. I believe Kenny Pickett's going to go out there and be the starter in most situations. But he is the franchise quarterback, whether mm-hmm. Steeler fans like that or not. Yeah. And I think you have to be you have to be safe with this house. So I think Trubisky will play, even though Mike Tomlin and a, a report from the Rap Report st- suggested. Kenny Pickett might be available. I think it's gonna be Trubisky in week five. Yeah, yesterday. so he kind of—I think he left the game
2: with a knee injury, or
1: he missed some time. It was here. Bone yeah, it's yeah, bone bruise Yeah, and he, he in his twisted
2: knee. his knee. Or, or yep. no, the, no, wait, that was Gino that twisted his knee. Pickett has the bone bruise, and our, our last update on Pickett says that he's expected to practice on Wednesday, uh, and then you know we'll see how he fares in the week before deciding on his status mm-hmm. here. So Trubisky, if you're you know in your deeper two quarterback leagues, like I'm sure Trubisky can be picked up in fishbowl. You know, for example, um, you know because I was I was able to get guys like. Andy Dalton and I, I started Aiden O'Connell in Fishbowl last week. This is my, this is your situation. Once you skip quarterbacks early and draft Aaron Rodgers, you know you're doing that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, Trubisky will be, he'll be in play. I guess I, I certainly don't love it. I might actually play Josh Dobbs or Aiden O'Connell over him. Uh, but, um, if, know, we'll if, if Garoppolo is active, yeah, obviously yeah, so you can't exactly. play O'Connell. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I, yeah I'm, I'm just thinking like random backup quarterbacks that we've discussed or those three quarterbacks that are floating on the wire in 12 team superflex. You know.
1: Right, and I actually, you know, I actually think Trubisky is going to be a better quarterback than Kenny Pickett, but he can't withstand Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator. And I know the Ravens have been banged up, very injured. Mm-hmm. And
2: they got the Steelers this week, that are fourth best against opposing quarterbacks here, so it's not exactly a good matchup. It's a desperation play. I, I agree with you. Uh, on when that. I'm if I'm sitting in fishbowl trying to decide whether to flex Trubisky or flex like Devin Singletary or something like that, I'm probably playing Trubisky. Oh yeah, yeah, that's... It, yeah. So I mean. Not again clothes, yeah. that's why we mentioned this because there are uses for them
1: for sure um i want to get a word from our sponsors here circa uh resort it's football season at Circa resort and casino in las vegas featuring the best pool in history the stadium swim three levels six pools and a 143 foot diagonal screen stadium swim is america's favorite place to watch football playing every game from college to pros all weekend long catch all the action pool side from a variety of seating options including everything from a cozy day bed to private temperature controlled cabanas, stadium swim located at Circa resort and casinos open 365 days a year. All sports, all seasons book today at circa las Vegas.com at circa las Vegas.com. Jake, you're going to Vegas. This I weekend. cannot wait to
2: be back to Vegas. I, I told I don't know if I've said this on the show before, but I watched the UFC fights at Stadium Swim. I will never buy a ticket at T-Mobile ever again. It really? Was, uh, oh, yeah, interesting. It was okay. that great at Stadium Swim. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I could stand there. Um, I mean, and, geez, the worst ticket at T-Mobile is about eight hundred bucks, right? right? So I don't even care. You know, if I'm spending a, you know, a few hundred on booze at, at Stadium Swim, I'm watching it on their giant TV while standing in the pool. It is amazing. I can't do any better than the uh, Stadium Swim plug there.
1: Yeah, I. I... Uh, I'm really envious. You're going to be watching football you know, all Saturday and Sunday. There would not be a better place. And I've told it, I've had multiple friends over the past weeks go to Vegas. And I'm I'm saying I you have to go and watch football in some capacity. I want to make a trip just to be able to watch football in the pool, in the screen area. You know, we've only mm-hmm. went for the uh, Broadway or annual trip and that's during all-star weekend, which is great watching baseball. I think football will be another level uh, at circle resort. So
2: absolutely I, love, it love that elite. Uh, elite.
1: Yes. Elite is exactly. It. All right. Let's get to Jaleel McLaughlin and uh, the running back options for this week. So last week we talked about uh, Devin and Chain, and then obviously has his two touchdowns, looks great again. I think we're going to have a conversation. Yep. I'm taking an L on that at least for one week. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, exactly. I was I was ready to, to bid all the fab and maybe not start him this week, but he's looking like a must start now. You know, yeah. I've been corrected. Sure. Uh, so hopefully you did bid all the fab on him, and you're good to go. <laughs>
1: exactly we had talked about the ravens running back situation as well too that didn't really manifest too much because you had justice hill return as well um i'm having to consider rico doddle and you know a few places where i am really hurting at running back but you mentioned he got hurt uh in that sunday victory over the patriots
2: banged up you know we'll see because i mean deuce vaughn got more run i think last week than he ever has um In the NFL. And that was a game,
1: you know, that was a game that was over by the second second quarter because Mac Jones was so bad. We talked about Tajay Spears as well, too. But the the premier prize this week is going to be Jaleel McLaughlin for the Broncos. Uh, I have to put for the Broncos because even our tech wizard, Harry Thompson, didn't know who McLaughlin was before Sunday. Uh, And obviously, with Javante Williams injured, Mm -hmm. we all assumed it was going to be Samaj P. Ryan that was going to be a factor. P. Ryan did play, but it was McLaughlin that looked far more explosive. I'm a little bit concerned at 187 pounds that you wouldn't assume McLaughlin is a three-down guy and Mm -hmm. Javante Williams might return this week, but you could do a lot worse, and I think there has to be some bench consideration for McLaughlin regardless.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, McLaughlin leads the discussion because he's widely available, only 3% owned in Yahoo Leagues here. Uh, He has the Jets this week, which, you know, out of all the problems the Jets have, defense hasn't typically been... It so that's a tough matchup, but then he's at Kansas City and versus Green Bay. Um, but again, he Javante Williams probably comes back by then. This is very much a short-term ad, assuming Javante Williams sits with the hip injury here. Uh just backtracking to last week against the Bears, which of course is uh you know one of the friendlier matchups I suppose you're gonna get. Uh you you know, we assume P Ryan's RB2 on the depth chart. He was out out on forty-six percent of snaps, carried the ball six times for twelve yards two catches on two targets for 23 yards receiving McLaughlin. Meanwhile, 33% of snaps, seven carries for 72 yards, caught all three of his targets for 32 yards and a touchdown receiving. So just to get the box score and the snap count distribution there here, um, you know, we'll see what happens with Javante Williams, but as long as Javante doesn't play, um, you know, McLaughlin is very startable in just about any format, 12 teams or beyond. And, um, you know, he could maybe, I mean, realistically, he could overtake P Ryan for this presumed RB2 role when Javante Williams comes back around.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, And and I think explosive players, kind of the theme, the Broncos' defense looks, you know, awful, but they still have some offense that is uh, more or less churning up production. And you're going to talk about this a little bit later. I think it's worth mentioning with the Broncos now, there could be a point in the Sean Payton tenure, especially if the season continues to go the way it has, that the Broncos are just trading away assets. Whether, whether that be Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, whatever else. I don't know what you're getting for Javante Williams, but I could see the Broncos wanting to get ahead of the, oh, what do we do with this fifth-year option, and just moving him, in which case P. Ryan, who Peyton signed away, and McLaughlin have even more value. I mean, that's that's what you do have to consider now at Week 5 is some of these teams that just look dreadful. There's no way they're going to be competitive. What could they do at the trade deadline, which has gotten more and more action over recent years? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and I mean, Russell Wilson had a decent – you know, through three touchdowns last week, but I, we always kind of hinted at the beginning of the year that if Sean Payton were ever to get too impatient here, Wilson wasn't his administration, you know, it wasn't his thing that traded for that. So we could see the Stidham show, but yeah, anyway, I mean, all this to say that this Broncos organization is a, uh, is a, poop show or dumpster fire, whatever we want to say, kind of keep it somewhat clean for the, uh, for the family friendly podcast audience there. It's a rough team. There are a couple decent matchups ahead um, in a thin week for waiver wires with buys getting going. Um, You know, honestly the, the teams on buy, uh, doesn't affect running backs a ton. I mean, Keyshawn no, no, Vaughn and Ken does, Walker. But Eckler, you were already finding replacements for. Chubb, you were already finding replacements for. Do you know Jerome Ford? So, yeah, there. I guess there are some, but, you know, it's going to get worse for running backs, uh, you know, moving forward. But, again, there's going to be a lot of teams that need to find a running back. You mentioned one of your situations when we were talking off air, you know, Julel McLaughlin. As things stand right now, now if Javante Williams comes on on the practice field, which I don't – I. I'm skeptical will happen you know like you said maybe save him for uh save his health for a trade or something along those lines um you know there there are circumstances that could change this but mclaughlin becomes probably your top running back target as of you know right now if you have to do fab tonight
1: and i think you mentioned it too it's a tough match against the jets this week which might might depress his price a little bit but you have to consider somebody that i'm having to consider and i never would have even thought i had to go down this far because i i do have kenneth walker and zach charbonnet and Uh, Jerome Ford and Elijah Mitchell. Those are my four running backs on this 4-0 team. It's Ronnie Rivers, who is the backup running back to the Rams. And I think it's important to note backup running back because Kyron Williams, to this point, have been seeing almost all of the offensive snaps for the Rams. Mm -hmm. This week, down from 73%. uh, Rivers got 27% of that. It did a little bit. Uh, Mm -hmm. it's, It's worth noting because this is a clear Three down back workload. What happens if X, Y, and Z were to occur to Kyron Williams? Well, here's the guy that steps up.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I see a ton of Kyron Williams slander out there. People are saying that um, you know whether it is um, he doesn't have the skill, he doesn't have the evasiveness, he doesn't have the size that's going to hold up. He's getting project- he's getting production despite all of these shortcomings. Um, I'll argue that production's production, right? I'm going to keep flexing Kyron Williams for the foresee- foreseeable future and uh, just you know going to ride that train, but. If you are in that camp that uh, you know wants to find pick holes in the Kyron Williams situation here, um, the last two weeks before uh, week four, he had 95% and 100% snap share. That is as good as it gets for a running back. We talk about skill and opportunity being kind of a 50-50 balance in fantasy. Even if you only award him 10 out of those 50 skill points, you're getting 50 full points for opportunity there, right? So you got Ky- Kyron Williams. But we started to see the shift this week a little bit. Uh, Ronnie Rivers had 27% of the snaps, whereas Kyron was down to 73%. Um, You know, it didn't necessarily translate to a ton of production, but he is starting to get touches, and that is uh, meaningful in this situation. Uh, I mean it translated to some production, right? I mean, uh, Ryan like Rivers actually got, yards, right? he got two targets in the passing game, caught them both for 10 yards, uh, ran the ball nine times for 47 yards. Oh, yeah, okay. Meanwhile, Kyron Williams is out there running 25 times for a hundred plus yards and two touchdowns here. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's not like this game was a blowout the entire way. The Col- it was kind of lopsided. The Colts snuck you know, marched their way back towards right. the end. There's so, forced overtime. Yeah. Exa- oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. They forced overtime, which was, you know, credit to Anthony Richardson for that. Um, but I'm just saying that the stock of Ronnie Rivers is rising here.
1: Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Uh, and then the other guy I think worth discussing, I, I think putting all three together is important because McLaughlin, clearly the next guy. But there's Ronnie Rivers and then Chupa Hubbard. You know, you look at the Panthers' offense. It's mm-hmm. not great. Uh, Miles Sanders has been banged up a lot. But now this week we saw Chuba Hubbard finally get a bit more involved, uh, have one more carry, the playing time, pretty even split miles Sanders has been productive and he could do a lot of pass catching stuff for whatever the reason the Panthers of the past two years haven't wanted to have Chupa Hubbard as the, the pass catcher but yeah I, I think he is worth mentioning uh in deeper leagues as well too yeah, for some reason I had thought in my head that Chuba
2: was quite, what right up around our 50% threshold. Not at all the case. Only 25% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. And, you know, obviously that's not the case with Miles Sanders. Far higher ownership. But really, this is a 50-50 timeshare split here. If anything, actually Chuba Hubbard had 54% of the snaps compared to 43% for Miles Sanders this past week. And um, Chuba Hubbard actually had a much uh, 11% greater route run rate than Miles Sanders did, even though Sanders yeah. had one more target and, of course, both caught all of their targets. Um, this is interesting. Jerry mentions in his Box Tour Breakdown article, which is a, you know an excellent column, one thing I read cover to cover um, as, as prep for this show, that Miles Sanders is averaging less than three yards a carry this year, and I know yards for carry isn't everything, but that's still bad. And he only took 32% of the second-half snaps against the Vikings this past week, right? And the game was competitive. So, and again, yes, exactly. The game was indeed competitive. So Are we seeing a full-on changing of the guard? I don't know about that, but Chuba Hubbard should – these two should be much closer in ownership percentage than they actually are. And I think – you know, I wrote McLaughlin and Rivers down because they're hot and they're new names, and Chuba's kind of someone that we're recycling a little bit. That seems to be a frequent – not gist, but a frequent uh, column, section, topic, whatever, what have you, in our waiver wire show year after year. So it's not a sexy name, but if you actually need – some kind of uh, quick production. Chua might be the best start out of these three guys this week. Um, he, just because he doesn't depend on an injury or somebody else completely falling off because the changes actually happen. Now, Chua's at Detroit who stuffed any... I mean, the Packers didn't even try to run the ball against Detroit, but they stuffed any 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 small opportunities that they did. Then they're at Miami who's definitely going to give up some points, and then they're a bye here. So it's, a, it's a, not necessarily a short-term thing, but... Um, But I don't know. I'd take a look at you, Howard. We'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, I, I I wholeheartedly agree. And I think part of the playing time has to do with Miles Sanders being banged up. And it's a little bit tough to recommend the backup running back on one of the league's worst offenses. But there are bye weeks, and uh, this is kind of a situation where he, he needs to be rostered in more leagues, in more formats. I, I completely agree. Uh, you have on the list Jamal Williams, who is on injured reserve, was placed yeah, there last week. He slipped below 47%,
2: so you could do worse in terms of stashes.
1: And if you have leagues where that's a free roster spot, I think you take that, even though Elvin Kamara came back. And I I had that completely wrong. Got 13 receptions. Uh, I was mm-hmm. saying if Jameis Winston, your starting quarterback, which I thought was going to happen, Derek Carr ended up playing. Winston yeah. doesn't check the ball down too much. Well, that's exactly what Carr did. So, Elvin Kamara yeah. uh, all wheels up because that was exactly. a checkdown down. I was,
2: I was playing the NFL trivia game on, uh, on the Amazon Alexa thing, and they had Kamara. Somehow, I totally missed, and they had 13 receptions. And I was like, wait a minute, that has to be a typo. And yes. then I went back and I looked at it, and I was like, nope, he actually had more receptions than any other player in the National Football League this entire week. So, um, you know, shout out to uh, Kamara for doing that. And, um, I mean, that kind of puts Tony Jones – on the drop list, he had zero carries or catches, even though I believe he was active. And uh, Kendra Miller, you know, who a lot who was getting a lot of hype in waiver wire shows last week, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be you know you you it's a dart with Kendra Miller. You're somehow hoping that he finds a way to break out, but there doesn't look like an immediate path to success there here. Um, and the one other thing I wanted to notice uh note is uh Derek Henry did have a good game this week I think he ran for one and he threw for one and the touchdown run was pretty impressive you know he looked more explosive elusive break tackle breaking than he had looked through the first three weeks of the season here but I'm still getting Tajay Spears at 24 percent here I snuck in someone dropped him in a keeper league of mine Hmm. you only get two keepers though so like you know, you won't go in threat. that deep. It's just yeah, a I, I, I dropped Jalen Hyatt, Hyatt in that league, for example. And then I backdoored on the waiver wire. I put a $2 bid in for kind of that secondary round of claims. And I like the possibility of maybe having Tajay Spears at $2 moving forward. Yeah, we have questions about the Titans here. But with the path that he's going and the path that Henry's generally seems to be going, I, uh, I'm very happy with that move.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Um, you had mentioned Tony Jones is a drop. That makes sense. Justice Hill, I guess 11% of the snaps, but uh you know i don't know what the ravens backfield have you been monitoring the keaton mitchell situation all keaton mitchell's on injured reserve for the ravens what will be eligible to play week 5 here against the steelers uh and you know we play in my fantasy league we do our dynasty league there i play in a lot of different my fantasy leagues and you can ser- ser- search by how often he's being uh picked up or acquired by other people and i was looking at this like thursday or wednesday and he was at rostered uh, or picked up in those. Far and away the biggest one. What is happening here? He literally couldn't play last week. Either, I I think, if I'm following this correctly, Jake, Schefter picked him up in one of his leagues and either said it on a podcast or tweeted it out, and people just ran with it. And Mm -hmm. it felt a lot like when Reddit said Will Levis was going to pick number one overall and his odds went from like plus (laughs) 10,000 to plus plus. 400 or whatever it was for that one day.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Keaton Mitchell's actually something. I talked about it on the Friday show with Mario Puig. Uh, a 437 speed, really fast. You know, the Ravens don't have J.K. Dobbins. Gus Edwards have been banged up at times. Like, they're, like Mitchell is not nothing. Mm-hmm. But I'm not I'm not getting into that at all. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if if Schefter just knows something, kind of like how he did Ronnie Rivers last year for the Rams. Yeah. But I'm I'm not I can't I can't literally articulate why you should pick it up, other than Shefty might be onto something.
2: <laughs> yeah. So the situation with Baltimore is all right. Uh, Gus Edwards had let's see what does Jerry have down here? 71 percent of snaps and 72 percent of RB opportunities. Now Justin Justin Hill and Melvin Gordon were both more efficient. Hill even looked you know pretty healthy. Um, but, you know, Gordon had a, more touches, more snaps. Um, you know, you got a guy like Edwards that's taking 70-plus percent of the snaps and opportunities. You've got a quarterback in Lamar Jackson who's going to vulture rushing touchdowns from the running backs. I'm just saying if you have a tough bye week situation, Hill and Gordon are both very droppable.
1: Yeah, I- I'm with you on that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's get a word from our sponsors, Rival Fantasy. If you're looking for a place to ha- play head-to-head fantasy football games without the huge tournaments, Salary caps or complicated game types in Rival Fantasy is where you want to play. This NFL season, from a twist on a classic game with fancy bingo, where players generate a lineup to complete achievements and get bingo, to head to head fantasy challenges, where you'll pick which of two players will score more fantasy points. This is the best version of fantasy sports for the 2023 NFL season. Rival Fantasy is offering new users a $20 deposit uh, match plus a 25 first play voucher. Rival Fantasy is so confident you'll love the experience. They're giving you money to play right out of the gate, experience the future of fantasy sports on Rival Fantasy, and become a rival. Today, all right. So last week we had talked pretty exclusively about the Chargers' receivers in terms of wide receiver pickups. You and I had our argument in terms of Josh Palmer or Quinton Johnston. Well, you won that one week one. Uh, Mm -hmm. Palmer got that fifty-one yard catch to ice the game in that win over the Raiders on the very final throw of the contest. Otherwise, was held in check. Quentin Johnston did even less than that.
2: Palmer led the team in targets and receiving yards and tied Keelan Allen for the most rough. Fifty
1: one of those yards came on the very final pass of the game, Jake. Mm-hmm.
2: So let's go. Yes, cool no, he wasn't he wasn't efficient with his targets. I'm not saying that, but those targets don't
1: mean nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Um I think the bigger key for me is Johnston played thirty three offensive of snaps. We didn't know who would mm-hmm. be the wide receiver three with Mike. He got Williams outplayed out. by Darius Davis. No, Davis had eighteen. Davis only had eighteen.
2: Yeah, I mean, Johnson played more snaps, but Johnson uh, caught one for 18 yards. Darius Davis had two for 16. And, and Davis had a run. but Three three rushes for
1: 51 yards. But you're a smarter fantasy player than this, Jake. Yes, I'm aware. 18 snaps to 33 is pretty consequential. Like, let's not yep. pretend no, like Davis right. is... Clearly the other guy. There's a role for Davis and his speed in particular, and I'm glad the Chargers offense is using it. I'm not out on Johnson, and I say this, because the Chargers are on a bye this week. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised at all if people drop Johnston and we'll be having this conversation in week yeah. six, because yeah. he's Johnson, still on my roster.
2: Johnson was always going to be the long-term target, right? You know, he didn't yeah. ex- you, I, I don't even think last week you were starting him immediately, necessarily. He's uh, definitely the long-term target. And actually, with the Chargers coming up on a bye, I could see dropping Josh Kelly, too. We were just talking about running back. Uh, I think you know, he definitely is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Josh Kelly's definitely on the chopping block because we presume Eckler's coming back after the bye. You know, they held him out this long. And even, you know, it's not like Josh Kelly's been a world-beater even without Eckler. So uh, in 12-teamers, he could be one of the drops, too, to help get you through these bye weeks. But, um <laughs> Anyway, yeah, Chargers stock.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I mentioned only because the bye weeks are happening right now. We also talked about Marvin Mims. Somebody in the chat was asking, do you drop Marvin Mims? No, I, I'm holding on to Marvin Mims. And actually, it goes back to our conversation earlier with Javante Williams. I really strongly believe Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy will be traded before the deadline. And if that's the case, Marvin Mims becomes a top twenty-five fantasy wide receiver. I would be trying to acquire Marvin Mims right now, even at the premium of what he's been able to do over the past couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's how confident I do feel. It's just uh in it's the brand very situation. low usage for Mims, which is it know, is course, and, and if you get change. kick return points, you know, there is that. Uh 39% roster though, it's definitely trending up. He is, and and he should be. You know, that, that's that's a fair price. Um somebody also asked about DJ Shark. I I would drop him if you are in a roster crunch. Uh, There was Josh Downs, who once again was a pretty critical target factor, but the Colts' offense doesn't get a whole lot of offense. Michael Gallup had a really good game. That was a good call for us. I think the top target this week has to be Jamison Williams, Mm -hmm. who becomes a top target because of a rule change. The suspension got lowered down uh, if you are not betting on your team and you are not betting on football. It is now only a four-game suspension if you are dumb and betting uh, in your offices or in your hotels for NFL teams. So, Williams is eligible to play this week against the Falcons mm-hmm. after having a six game suspension prior to this rule change.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, it's not necessarily a slam dunk pick uh, pick him up and start him uh, in week five because it's kind of Dan Campbell said he anticipates he will have a role. I wouldn't, I'm not personally going to start Jamison Williams this week. And there, we also need to note that he did kind of, he missed some valuable camp reps due to a hamstring injury, but I haven't seen anything about that issue still being an issue. Um, so, you probably, you pick him up and probably don't start him right away in week five but he eventually passes josh reynolds Khalif raymond marvin jones whatever for the wide receiver two role. and i think he's a big play threat and i think he could be absolutely a fantasy difference maker down the stretcher i only got one share of jameson williams but it was in a 16 team league uh, that only starts two wide receivers, so you know. But you know, I'm gonna and I have Chris Godwin on a bye this week, and I mm. had Godwin and DeAndre Hopkins, who hasn't been, you know, doing anything too crazy here. Um, so I'm very, very pleased with uh, with that share that I have. But 32% of leagues, you know, I can't believe that all these people picked him up to stash him, and then he mu- they must have just been faced with a tough roster crunch and ended up dropping him. Uh, because and, and now we get this good news. I mean, you can't anticipate this good news, but 32% is far too low. You could make a case unless you need a roster spot to start this week. Um, you know, then some of the running backs we discussed, you know, might come into play here, or the next receiver would would come into play. But if you're just trying to get rid of that last bench spot and make your roster better without needing to have a start this week, there's no question that Jameson Williams
1: is the top overall pickup. Yeah, the only league I have, Jamison Williams and I guess I have him in a different dynasty league, but I, I picked him up in stake league. And it was actually our Brilliant. conversation last week when we were talking about let's let's play around the edges of our roster, you know, make sure every single roster space makes sense. I had some scrub uh, it was Tony Jones. I, I couldn't get any of the guys we discussed in last week's podcast, Josh Palmer's, whatever else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had Tony Jones sitting there, and I'm like, I need to get rid of him for something. I picked up Jameson Williams on Friday. Of course, the news comes out either Saturday or Sunday that suspension's lifted or different. And I have now an asset in, in a 14-team stake league uh, like we play. And you know, I think that's it's a really important factor, in it, and it literally mm-hmm. came to play because of our conversation. I'm, I'm not going to be playing Jamison Williams, I think, anytime soon. I have a pretty good receiver group but somebody might, uh, and even getting like a scrub running back or tight end or, you know, like a the Jake Ferguson's of the world, you could probably trade a Jamison Williams for it. and I think that's that an asset is important in that instance. So mm-hmm. just whatever it is, whether it's our recommendations on podcasts, play with the margins of your roster. The Tony Jones of the world have to be cut, and you might stumble into something that might end up being uh, really beneficiary for your team. So Jamison Williams is one. Then there's Tyler Boyd. Who becomes more of a factor now that T. Higgins has the fractured rib, maybe plays, maybe doesn't. The Bengals are against the Cardinals, and the Cardinals defense has not been very good this year. Mm-hmm. I understand Joe Burrow hasn't been very good. Uh, I thought it was a smash spot for him against the Titans. Sorry to whoever I said need to play Joe Burrow last week. It was a lot of people. I failed you. Uh, but I think the Bengals are going to get better they have to they have to get better Mm -hmm. yeah no absolutely and whether it's burrow or not
2: if t higgins doesn't play due to this rib fracture tyler boyd is immediately in play because tyler boyd was kind of not quite equivalent to the josh palmer scenario but he was the wide receiver three, essentially, you know, probably closer to a wide receiver three than Palmer was before the injury. Now you have T. Higgins fractured a rib. I guess, apparently, he's not ruling himself out. I don't know what happens when you break a rib, and uh, I guess I guess they're all probably a little different. You can wear those—I've uh, seen quarterbacks wear the rib big, thick protectors— um, you know, we'll see. I, I I still don't think T. Higgins has been the same since the Demar Hamlin situation. I don't know if there's a there's a mental thing there, but yeah, I don't I don't think he has the same drive to go hit someone. Anyway, that's that's the side. That's the side. Um, that, you know, that's a side thing tangent here. But Tyler Boyd already has twenty four targets over the last three weeks, right? So he was a factor to begin with. Um. And he's only rostered in 37% of leagues. Obviously, that's going to get far over our threshold. But if you need to start a wide receiver this week, I'm absolutely looking at Tyler Boyd, regardless of it. I I mean, I'm sure Burrow will still kind of play and go through this. But, um, uh, you know, even if if he didn't. And then I made a note down here. For the deepest of leagues, Trenton Irwin played Mm two-thirds of the snaps in the second half after T. Higgins went down. Um, Granted, Irv Smith, I don't believe, played here. So they were down, you know, one more pass-catching option. But, uh, you know... Irwin, I guess, goes into the Boyd wide receiver three role. And if Boyd was already rostered in 37% of leagues to begin with, you know, there's there's something there. There's something there when the offense is clicking at all cylinders, right? right. And that certainly hasn't been the case here. But, you know, for some really deep leagues, I, I threw the Trenton-Irwin Trenton, name drop in there.
1: The other name to monitor is Michael Wilson, uh, who finally had a breakout game in that loss to the 49ers. And it wasn't a really competitive contest. A big prospect. I think he's like 6'4", 215. It was really one of the true and only outf- outside wide receivers of this draft class. Like I had talked ad nauseum uh, end of July, early August about Rasheed Rice because he has to have a role in the Chiefs offense. They don't have anybody else like him. It was the same concept for Michael Wilson. You have Marquise Brown. You have Greg Dorch. Uh, you got Rondell Moore, all these smaller receivers, but nobody like Wilson. I loved him as a prospect. I didn't like the situation. I thought the Cardinals were going to be miserable. They've looked better, and Josh Dobbs has looked better as well too it's not to the point where i'd be targeting him um, targeting him over any of these other guys we've mentioned a wide receiver yet though
2: yeah i'm i'm pretty interested in michael wilson actually Again, you know, out of all these pickups, if you got to start someone this week, it's probably Boyd. But if you're just making your roster better, Wilson absolutely goes into the mix here. Um, I actually put Rondell Moore on the cut list. Even though Rondell Moore out-snapped uh, Michael Wilson, he was 77%, Wilson was 73%. Uh, Wilson had seven targets, and Rondell Moore only had two targets. So I've actually got him down on my drop list. Zach Pascal as well only had four targets on 27% of the snaps here. So Michael Wilson is the wide receiver two to Hollywood Brown. Maybe wide receiver three if you count Zach Ertz there Ertz and Hollywood Brown reached targeted 10 times in this game and um, those you know obviously those are the guys there and it's tough to really uh, rationalize too much Cardinals exposure in your fantasy lineups here but Wilson (laughs) next at seven uh, very important obviously caught two touchdowns we we have seen what he can do they've used draft capital I believe he was a third round pick and and uh, you know you mentioned some of the stuff there but The thing is, is, uh, you know, I always watch, uh, Alan and Jeff sneaky ads video, which is Mm -hmm. another great, if you're watching us on YouTube, this is another, it's basically like the six minute version of this show that tries to find like the, the hidden gems, the the guys that, the guy, yeah. The guys that you wouldn't see the, the, um, you know, at, at the top of, uh, you know, your mainstream waiver wire columns here, but they did discuss Michael Wilson and Alan brought up an interesting point here that, uh. You know the Brown or the browns. Yeah, uh, I'm so used to saying browns in this context. The Cardinals. Yes. Um. You know, they're they clearly don't have uh. You know, big time aspirate win now aspirations mm-hmm. here. Um. Could Hollywood Brown be a trade candidate? You know, around deadline time. I don't know. Maybe. But if that's the case here, you know, and we talk about them possibly shopping Ertz and them continuing to use Ertz because they probably will shop him at the deadline as well. Uh, if one or both of those guys get moved. Suddenly, Michael Wilson could be looking at 12 targets a game here, and that is a huge fantasy asset because Dobbs has been surprisingly not terrible.
1: Yeah, and I think, uh, do you want to upset Kyler Murray? Of course, they're college teammates, but is Kyler Murray really in your plans uh, if you are going the direction the Cardinals seem to be going? I don't know. It it really is. It really is a compelling question. You know, they got the, uh, I think they were the ones that got the the Texans pick, right, from that Will Anderson trade up pretty sure if that's the case, the Cardinals, maybe I'm blanking. Anyway, they have multiple first-round picks in that situation too and, and could be playing the same game to a lesser extent. The Bears are uh, with the Panthers and Bears' top two selections as well. The The stinky teams are really stinky this year, and it's very easy to identify them. I don't think the Cardinals are as stinky uh, as I was anticipating, and I think a lot of the public was participating too, or mm-hmm. aren't anticipating, I should say. So – something to keep in mind like i yeah. i would sooner believe the broncos will trade the judy or Cortland sutton than the cardinals trade marquise brown i guess mm-hmm. i'd put it that way
2: right on okay so i got another big list that we'll kind of do in quick hits for him sure. i'll run i'll rattle off a bunch of names and then you tell me if any of them intrigues you or are worth talking about anymore all right rashid shaheed still hanging around at 42 percent. i think he should be rostered just about everywhere i like him um uh Nick Westbrook akine uh is at zero percent. That's a little dependent on the Traylon Burks injury. Uh but he scored last week and had eighty two percent of the snaps. So uh very, very interesting there. Um we saw sadly Devonte Adams went down with a shoulder. He came in. back. He, he came back came and back. played that. Yes. Okay. Yes, he came back and played that game. I totally missed that in my afternoon nap, I guess. But uh <laughs> don't blame you.
1: I was uh worried he saved a fantasy matchup for me. So yeah, I thought
2: go. I thought that he broke a collarbone for a second. It's what it looked like. Right. Um, but again, a few, a few classes shy of my MD there. So um, anyway, so I was going to maybe look to Hunter Renfro as wide receiver two after Jacoby Myers, but uh, clearly we're not doing that. Nope. Ter- Terrace Marshall had 10 targets last week, but he's wide receiver three on the Panthers. So, you know, ups and downs there. I'd feel I'd,
1: better if Andy Dalton was my quarterback uh, with Bryce Young. I, I mm-hmm. don't I don't think there's a Panther guy that's exactly. feeling I
2: want to
3: roster. Right,
2: right on, right on, right on. Okay, so then, and then again, speaking of bad teams, I'm not exactly targeting Bears wide receivers, but... Uh, Darnell Mooney is down to 27% rostered. He won't be getting any competition from Chase Claypool anytime soon, who was told to stay home from the game on Sunday. Right. Just, just, just don't even show up. Um, so anyway, uh, uh, Mooney had his best game since uh, week one, going uh, catching all four targets for 51 yards. They're at the Commanders versus the Vikings versus the Raiders. Some pretty good receiving matchups there. Um, so something in on there. Another one that would have made our uh, our main wide receiver section if yes. Tampa Bay wasn't on a bye is uh, Devin Tompkins, who is 0% rostered. He looked to be someone Baker was, uh, you know, was dialing in on to some degree. Four catches on four targets for 45 yards and a score, uh, tied with Kate Otten for the second highest targets on the team. Of course, this was because Mike Evans left the game with a hamstring injury. But they're on a bye, so you can't use Tompkins this week and potentially afterwards. Evans will be back, in which case that would put push Tompkins back into uh, irrelevance here so
1: so i actually the buccaneers receivers um i wanted to bring up real quick i i play in the Beach joe bartle online championship it's in an ffc competition 12 teams 20 roster spots so re- really deep and i got like four or five guys that i probably should cut jake and it's not because i'm not trying i, I have been uh, absolutely doing so i going through the, the pre waiverware checklist for all my 15 teams I'm like, all right, I'm going to go get one of these guys from the Buccaneers' perspective, forgetting that they were on a buy for Week 5. I went after Tompkins first, and then I put a bid on Trey Palmer, and it's a waterfall bid, so if you guys aren't familiar with that, if you don't get Tompkins, the system then automates for you trying to get uh, Trey Palmer as the pick instead. And Trey Palmer, a third-round pick, I think, last year. Pretty mm-hmm. fast receiver. In a lot of different offenses, I would say Trey Palmer is more attractive than Tompkins in the event that Mike Evans is out – but we don't know what Evans' status is going to be, and I was assuming he was going to be out for a week. I mean, he could take this bye week and be ready to go again, uh, then entering week six. I, we might be revisiting this next week. because so I am interested in the Buccaneers' passing attack, and I, I would never have guessed that. Uh, outside of Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, Baker Mayfield has been more than good enough uh, to have multiple guys be fantasy relevant.
2: Yep, yeah, we're right on there. And then um, so anybody Trey Palmer. else in that list? Anybody right. else in that list? Uh, I actually picked up Westbrook Akine in our uh, super deep dynasty league, and I might play him if Burke sits again. Now that buys are going, but
1: um, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that one uh, makes sense. Someone had asked about are uh, dropping Shark after this week? Yes, you know, I think I would be rotating those guys if like that that feels like one of those roster spots i want to keep moving around the edges and the margins mm-hmm. for so
2: that's like stark is kind of on that people's jones line if we're going to call that line this week that's yeah like, yeah that's, that's that's a great you one could, you could absolutely uh you know pick him up and flex him in desperation if you had to but he's also your first drop and you'll probably add and drop that same type of player you know 16 times through the course of the year
1: yeah, another type of player, Donald Parham, as we transition to the tight ends. Uh, roller coaster of emotions, because I've been talking about him for two weeks. I've been saying, hey, consider Donald Parham, right? Uh, Thursday, Gerald Everett missed his second consecutive practice due to illness, and I'm like, oh, let's go. I picked up Parham everywhere. I was going to play him over Friermuth. Uh, Musgrave got injured, but if Musgrave in that Thursday game had, had been healthy or whatever else, I would have played Parham over him too, assuming mm-hmm. Everett's out. Well, no, Everett's actually uh, healthy, and then Parham, I think, fractures his wrist uh, within the first yeah, quarter of the game. They're calling it a
2: wrist, wrist sprain right now. Wrist, but the yeah, way he was okay, whatever. That, yeah, I, 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 Story I, I don't of Parham's know. career. Yeah. After Njoku burned his hands and face in some kind Just... of accident, I ended up picking up Parham and starting him, but then Njoku goes out there plays and gets me 10 fantasy points anyway. Yep. So Parham's going back to my drop list this week, and I'm looking at guys, Uh, you know, the league where I'm picking Njoku and Parham. It's clearly a very, very deep league here, right? So I'm looking first to Ferguson again because he's just passed our threshold at 53%, but caught all seven targets last week for 77 yards. He is getting into top 10 tight end territory, if not there already after a string of successful weeks. He's definitely out there. Um, Otherwise, guys that aren't quite... I mean, okay, so Cole Komet, I have to write down after scoring twice, catching seven of nine targets for 85 yards. Granted, it was against one of the worst teams in the league overall in Denver and a team that's also tied for the second worst in the league against tight ends here, so... But Komet is still somewhat interesting at 54%. Then we start to get into some deeper dives. Um, Johnu Smith had more targets than Kyle Pitts in the last three games. Um... I don't know what that means. I'm very close to moving pits to my drop list, but I still can't quite pull the trigger. Uh, so we're leaving that around there for, for now. And then there are a couple of sneakier ones that we wanted to talk about. Darnell Washington is one of them. He's a Love rookie third-round pick. Uh, Pat Fryermuth is set to miss multiple games with a hamstring injury. Washington got a little bit of a run late, a little bit of run late, Um I have him in our dynasty league. I don't, I still don't know if I'm going to start him there, but if you're looking for a dart to throw, uh, Washington should see after being used very, very sparingly in the first couple of weeks, he should see some more work here during the time that Friermuth misses.
1: Yeah. And the other one's Tyler Conklin, uh, who we mentioned on the the sneaky wave aware uh, podcast or video quick hits with Jeff and uh, Alan. And I, you know, Conklin going against the Broncos defense, very bad, you know, very bad defense, but also really bad against tight ends specifically. So, Darnell Washington and Tyler Conklin, I think not only are our pickups in deeper leagues, but our flex plays. Like you, you could, especially with these four teams on a bye, very realistically say, I'm going to get eight points out of Tyler Conklin. I might get five or six out of Darnell Washington. I'm going to play them, obviously, over Fryermuth, who's injured, but I would play them over Kyle Pitts at this point. Mm-hmm. I would play them over Jawan Johnson, obviously, the Dawson Knoxes mm-hmm. of the world. We are going over this before the show. There's probably five tight ends you want. Kelsey, Hawkinson, uh, Mark Andrews, I think you're still playing Dallas Goddard. Uh, Sam Laporta is absolutely on my list. Uh, I'm I'm playing Sam Laporta everywhere. I think I might play... Tyler Conklin or K- uh, Tyler Conklin or something like that over Kittle or also, at least i be trying to play Kittle or try. try. Evan
2: Ingram has been sneaky consistent yes, too. That's He's not, not a, quite that's on not that tier, league. but I'm definitely playing him over these guys. Now, if anyone There's from the Vintage maybe. League is listening, I'm definitely cutting Parham and I need to start somebody with Njoku on a buy. So it's uh, Conklin and Washington. I might even put waiver claims in for him.
1: There's maybe six teams right now that can confidently never really look at tight end stuff. The other six, if you're in twelve team league or even deeper should be shuttling through all these tight ends. And I think Darnell Washington and Tyler Conklin are not just pickups, but also plays this week. That's how confident I feel uh, in terms of their fantasy value. So I love that Darnell Washington call. I love the Tyler Conklin one too. I'm picking mm-hmm. up Jonathan Smith in a lot of areas too. I, I'm not cutting Kyle Pitts. I'm just going to keep crying and watching him on the bench. But yep. Jonathan Smith is playing over Kyle Pitts in my fantasy mm-hmm. laps in the event that I have yeah. both of them. And on. our
2: darling Luke Musgrave has the clear concussion protocol this week. So yes. I was I started uh, Musgrave over... Uh, a. Over Pitts and a whole bunch of leagues, I started Mus- Musgrave way too many spots. I had some weird irrational. I ended up being not Thursday too bad night. of a
1: play because Pitts only got like three points. Yeah, but Musgrave uh, got know. all
2: 0. .6 points. So anyway. I know. No, I mean it wasn't great. I <laughs> but um, but but uh, so anyway, yeah, your cuts. Pat Fryermuth goes. Juwan Johnson's dealing with a calf injury. He can go. Dawson Knox is seeing his usage continuously decline. He can go. Parham, you know, assuming if the sprain ever turns into a break at any point, he can go. And Pitts is right there, hanging on the edge.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Okay, let's talk defenses, and I'll queue up a few of the questions that we have Mm -hmm. uh, waiting for us, Jake. All right, so I saw just about
2: every single list that I looked at had one of these two teams at the top. It was the Commanders, 26% versus the Chiefs on Thursday Night Football. That'll probably be one of the lower – or not versus the Chiefs, I'm sorry, versus the Bears. Mm -hmm. I saw CHI, and I wanted to say Chiefs. Anyway, the Commanders, 26% versus the Bears on Thursday Night Football. Short week, home game. Fields is going to throw the ball uh, in in silly, stupid places and maybe have a disastrous fumble at some point. So you're definitely looking to stream the Commanders. I've also seen the Lions, only 12% rostered. They're at home against Carolina, so I'm, I'm interested there. Um, I had the Packers on this list originally, assuming that there would be no Devontae Adams and we'd have a chance of Aiden O'Connell. Um, that is no longer the case here, and of course that mixes in with the Packers hopefully getting Jair Alexander back. Um but now I'm thinking of dropping the Packers for the Commanders or the Lions this week. So that's very interesting. And then listen, I know we talked about how bad the Denver defense is um the entire uh podcast, but they did make a big couple big plays against Fields last week, and they get Zach Wilson. I mean I mean they get the Jets this week. So <laughs> um so those are the defenses I'm looking to stream because uh I mean let's get real here. Cleveland, uh absolutely was a um was a defense that was rostered. I'm not so sure about the Chargers Seahawks and, and Tampa Bay but there are going to be some managers out there that'll have to another one that this you position. didn't
1: mention that I've actually seen in four of my leagues as far as the Dolphins who faced the Giants Giants offense just gave the Seahawks 27 points at least in some scoring systems that I was seeing uh 40 or more in a few other ones too I-, I will pick the Dolphins up ahead of every one of those but yeah there's there's a lot of different streaming options uh out there this week we have a few questions Jake here uh, a lot pertaining to a few of these like round seven and later receivers and trying to turn them into something that like Dwight Schrute trade up until you get the magic <laughs> beans from Jim angle here. So yep. out of Ayuk, Amon Ross St. Brown and Nico Collins, which one would you try to turn into a running back one right now? The running backs are Jameer Gibbs, uh, Jalen Moore Kenneth Walker, of course I'm by and Brian Robinson. So Walker and Robinson, you were able to start each and every week and probably have a good group, but you could do better. I think with these, Select mm-hmm. receivers and running backs. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'd first
2: try to trade Nico because he hasn't, uh, you know, he, he hasn't really shown it in other, you know, he's he's been in the league for a number of years and True. it's only starting to come on now. Um, but I think other. Fantasy managers are going to kind of recognize that same thing and maybe not by their production. I think you'll be able to get more if you package Ayuk, um, who is coming off a couple of solid games here, but we have to remember that this is a run-first team and that Debo Samuel has been very banged up. Um, clearly, his usage was very, very low uh, last week when they didn't really need it. So um, I would, I think you can get more for Ayuk, so i try to sell high with him. Um, Amon Ra is a wide receiver one first-round pick, so I don't know why, why you would want to move him in that uh, situation. So I
1: would be willing to trade him. Uh, okay. Why do I, you think,
2: see, I love, uh, I, I, I'm a fan of Jameson Williams coming back, but I don't think he's necessarily going to
1: take way too much from Laporta or Amon Ra. I don't. I actually think the Lions offense is totally fine. My, my thought process was you're not trading for McCaffrey with Amon Ra St. Brown and, and Brian Robinson, but you're probably not too far off from some of these top running backs. Like, could you get Austin Eckler uh, for Brian Robinson and Amon Ra St. Brown? And I don't think you're losing that much now guaranteeing that you can start Nico Collins and Brandon Ayuk. The play might be, let's say, hey, Ayuk or even Nico Collins for Kyrod Williams, uh, who would be a a confident RB2 for most people. But this lineup in particular, I mean, is he playing over Brian Robinson and and Kenneth Walker most weeks? Probably not. Uh, I would be trying to partner Gibbs and Amon Ross St. Brown for whatever I possibly could get at the top end. The guys that I feel very confident in, the Christian McCaffreys, the Austin Ecklers of the world, uh, that would be kind of my consideration. So somebody asks, would you pick up Romeo Dobbs or Hollywood Brown? I have to imagine this is a a four-team league. But it's an interesting conversation because Romeo Dobbs was an 11th round, 10th round pick. Hollywood Brown, I mean, higher, but not much higher. Which one of those do you like more rest of the season? Um, Did he specify standard PPR?
2: I, I, uh, I think it's PPR. I, um, if it's rest of season, I'm probably going Hollywood, but, um, especially if it's PPR, but, uh, Dobbs is interesting for a short-term bye week start because, uh, like I said, if Luke Musgrave doesn't, uh, even though, even though Christian Watson's back, if Luke Musgrave doesn't clear concussion protocol, it is very clear that Jordan Love loves Romeo Dobbs in the red zone here. So I think Dobbs has a, uh, has a higher scoring
1: chance, but who's going to catch more balls the rest of the season? Definitely Hollywood. Let's do this. Culver's board bet. Rest of season, so week five onward, let's take out the bye weeks because uh, neither have had those. So we'll, we'll throw those out. It'll be fine. Romeo Dobbs is going to outscore Marquise Brown. I, I am I am that confident that I think Jordan Love has found his number one target. I don't care that Christian Watson is back. Dobbs is not just a red zone threat, although he's very good. Mm-hmm. I think Dobbs' rest of season outscores Marquise Brown.
2: Outscoring him, I can totally believe. I was only going more receptions.
1: Okay. Damn, that's just, in in stake league <laughs> points. I think Romeo Dobbs has a better season than Hollywood Brown.
2: Yeah, Rob, Dobbs will definitely score more touchdowns, and and, and Hollywood will get more receptions here. I, I I don't quite know if this is the if this is quite the play that we thought it was going to be. <laughs>
1: In full point PPR. I don't care. Whatever it is, I think Dobbs is going to be the better player, uh, rest of season. I liked this question. Uh, start two running backs, Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, and I think the Chiefs are going against a, a pretty good opponent, man. I'm, I'm Pacheco's
2: like RB1, by the way. There's I I don't think we question that anymore. Um, Absolutely. He's, he's a must start. He is. So.
1: But the other ones are Alvin Kamara, who had 13 catches again last week, or Devin Achan or Achan. Hmm. I can't H- give H- the H-N. name of Thank H-N. you, Achan.
2: So I'm, I'm looking here and, um, obviously PPR. Is the defining it is full point PPR option yep. in this question here? It is full point PPR. Where, yes, where yep, it is this? full oh, point. It's right oh, below. Oh, he yeah. puts okay. Yeah, I'm looking just up at the thing. Um, oh boy, let's see here. So the 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 uh, Dolphins play the Giants, who are 25th against opposing running backs in standard formats. And where am I getting the Saints from? Um, they're playing the Patriots. I I would start HN this week. HN and uh, and Pacheco. I might
1: go Pacheco and, and Camara. Like I think the a thing against the Patriots defense looks a little bit different than what we've seen in past. But
2: Well, it's HN against the Giants and Kamara against the Patriots. So that's why I went Pacheco. Then Pacheco, I, I didn't even look up the matchup. He's the start, and then uh, the H matchup's a little better for me. Okay,
1: uh, I'm right there with you on that one. So two more questions, because you have Nujoku in a few spots. Do you pick up Johnny Smith? Don't, I don't care about Logan uh, Logan Thomas. Johnny Smith, or uh, do you have Nujoku rest of the season? So you have to pick up. Johnny Smith to drop N'Joku. Do you, do you want to drop N'Joku? Um, I, I would be I, fine with it. I am not doing
2: that. I don't think for either of those guys, but yeah. I could see this question coming up because you need to start someone during the buy. And buy. Yeah, and if you so. have to, then sure go for it because you can probably pick N'Joku back up after the buy unless, you know, it might have, it might cost you a couple of fab dollars, but um, you know, yes if you have to, but if you, I mean, if you've got one of the six tight ends that we, that we started out talking about, uh, you keep those guys. Uh, there's no reason to just make that move for your secondary tight end. I'd hang on to Njoku.
1: I like final Final two questions here. So do you trade Derrick Henry for Cooper Cup or Puku Nakua? I'm not worried about Nakua when Cup comes back and I would sooner assume both guys are going to be fine. Like I, I, I don't think there's a scenario where Nakua becomes just not fancy relevant at all. And I think Cooper Cup is still mm-hmm. going to have plenty of fancy value. So I would trade Henry. Four Cup, I guess not Nakua, but I'm not, I'm not, not trading Henry if that makes sense. So McCaffrey and Henry
2: are two amazing backs, and there has been a little bit of injury history, right? I think I'd stand Pat and keep them both, unless you okay. really need a wide receiver. I'd love Trotting out McCaffrey and Henry. I don't know, how you end up with both of those backs uh is a little bit
1: beyond me, but. Yeah, Henry could have fallen to the very back end of the second. Or or McCaffrey goes, like, 1-4 because people were really worried about his health. I mean, it's not, it's not that crazy, guys. Final question. Puka Nakua, again, with Cooper Cup possibly coming back here in Week 5. Uh, or Devonia John. John. I'm, rolling, uh, I'm rolling with Puka. Um, I am, too.
2: Because uh, the Eagles are 27th against opposing receivers in standard formats. Um uh, I think that the Eagles will score a lot of points. Over-under and was at 50-something yeah, for that game. Like, the Eagles are going to score a weird. lot of points, and the Rams are going to have to pe- keep up. So I think
1: uh, you said full PPR. I'm seeing double-digit catches for Nakua again this week, so I'm rolling Puka. All right. All right, that is it for us on the Week 5 edition of the roto NFL podcast again next week. Jake will be back, hopefully, celebrating uh, the Packers' victory on a plane ride home. I'll have a special guest coming in. We are likely going to have another Taylor Swift uh Segment of sorts, we'll have to figure out what you're going to rant about in weeks to come, Jake, but I'm glad mm-hmm. I could get this New York media, the New York bias, Daniel Jones thing a little bit off my chest. I promise there'll be more of that though to come. Thanks everyone for listening, and again, best of luck to your fancy labs and the Brewers hopefully in a playoff victory today.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of Americans are deficient in.